As another government shutdown looms, Moody's downgrades the United States credit rate and outlook from stable to negative this week. Economic analyst Bruce Tannis will tell us the impact of the ratings change. America's support for Israel is being questioned as protesters in support of Hamas terrorists take hold. Investigations into the Biden family heat up. Questions remain if Biden will even be the Democratic candidate for president in 2024. Senator Ron Johnson is here on the top stories, including the economic battle with either a CR or a government shutdown. And as attacks against American troops in the Middle East by Iranian proxies continue, Iran's president lands in Saudi Arabia for the Gaza summit with Arab leaders. Colonel John Mills and Intel analyst Ilana Friedman discuss the Middle East war. It's all next on Viewpoint this Sunday. the bias, the lies and deceit, and bring forth real talk from real people about real news. Providing the out loud truth and capturing the essence of a new generation all in a fast-paced hour. This is Viewpoint This Sunday. Welcome to the weekend news magazine, Viewpoint This Sunday. It is indeed Malcolm Aloud here and let me start here with this uh, government shutdown that is looming here. Moody's Investor Services has just downgraded the U.S. credit rating outlook from stable to negative this week, which certainly caught my attention. Uh, Moody says this, continued political polarization within U.S. Congress raises the risk that successive governments will not be able to reach consensus on a fiscal plan to slow the decline in debt affordability. It added in the context of higher interest rates without effective fiscal policy, measures to reduce government spending or increase revenues. Moody's expects the U.S. fiscal deficits will remain very large, significantly weakening debt affordability. And that statement, my fellow Americans, would be uttered by probably uh, repeated by any good conservative constitutionalist who watches this program. Uh, let's start off with Bruce Tannis is here, and he is a 40-year career veteran in economics, finance, and political science. Um, uh, Tannis worked at major Wall Street investment banks as an advisor, consultant, economic forecaster, money manager. Okay, Bruce, let's get into the warning bells. Uh, so uh, let me add just a, one piece of context and then let you go. Uh, I see a statement from O'Leary Ventures uh, Chairman Kevin O'Leary that I think is worth repeating. He says, there is no way to sugarcoat this at all. It's bad. And I'll tell you how you measure it. it's bad. Basically, when you downgrade the U.S. economy, which is what this downgrading does, you're losing uh, some faith in the U.S. dollar and the U.S. Treasury bill because the default currency is uh, of the world, defined by every commodity priced by U.S. dollars, is the good faith of the U.S. government and the whole world. Pick it up from there, and uh, what do you see here? Well, Malcolm, thank you. Uh I wanted to make a, an important distinction uh, before we delve a little deeper into it. There are, first of all, there are three ratings houses, Moody's, Standard & Poor's, and Fitch, as uh, maybe some of you know. Moody's uh, lowered their ratings outlook, not their rating, on U.S. 
credit or U.S. bonds, U.S. debt. Okay. Right. Last week, Fitch lowered the rating, not the outlook. So uh, it's important to note it's a distinction. It may seem a little bit too fine-tuned for some, but uh, I think it's an important distinction. I'd also like to say that, you know, uh, over the years, in my 40 years, uh, Fitch was always considered the sort of uh, redheaded stepchild of the ratings agencies, whereas Moody's and Standard & Poor's were the sort of mainstream, most credible and so forth. You know, Fitch has been a little more quick, I, I would say, a little more speedy to change ratings whereas Moody's and Standard & Poor's is a little more staid and set back, and they'll sit back and be a little more conservative about it. They may change their outlook first, and if things don't start to improve or if Congress doesn't start to pay attention to the warning signs, then they'll, then they'll change well, the Well, let's rating. talk about it. So what does it really mean? Are they going to pay attention? What does, this, uh, what does this do to our psyche, bottom line? Well, it's, it, it definitely doesn't make uh, good optics, that's for sure. You know, there's right now we're seeing continued political polarization, you know, uh, and U.S. Congress has been sort of raising the risk that successive governments, the next government or the next few governments perhaps might not be able to reach a consensus on a fiscal plan to slow the decline in debt affordability. That's what uh, Moody said. So debt affordability, what does that mean? That's the cost of money. Uh, interest rates are the cost of money. It's how much it costs us to borrow money. It's how much it costs corporations to borrow money. And the more it costs corporations to borrow money, the more they pass those uh, higher expenses onto us in the form of higher consumer prices. So that's a concern because that can slow the economy. It also uh, puts a damper on uh, home mortgages and borrowing and the real estate market. And that uh, plays an important factor in uh, in putting some drag. Well, on well let me interject. That's a, that's a real world uh, problem right now for oh, tens and probably hundreds of millions of people. They simply can't afford their housing, uh, the, the interest rates again, buying anything right now. People are already feeling the real world uh, impact of this, uh, you know, Bruce, right? Yeah, well, uh, we just hit uh, mortgage rates just hit eight yeah. percent for the first time in quite a long time. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I've been in this business for a long time. Interest rates, 30 year treasury bonds were, I think, 14 and three quarters percent when I uh, entered this business. That's a 14, three quarters percent, 30 year non-callable bond. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, we're not there yet. We're not anywhere near there yet. Okay. But uh, in, in based on our recent history, recent meaning maybe 20 years uh it's got some people starting to starting to uh, tighten up and okay. and look at these things okay, okay. all right all right. All this is layered on top of the fact that November 17th uh, comes the date again. It comes pretty quick enough every time. And they always promise us, as McCarthy found out, he got into trouble with this. This will be the last CR. This will be the last CR. This will be the last CR. We're going to get a budget. We're going Now, in fact, over the last 70 years, there's only been five times the, that this uh, uh, people up there, the, uh, the for another name, Congress, uh, that have passed a, uh, a budget. I mean, usually it's a CR. I mean, that's the way they govern. So now we're looking at this again, November 17. Uh, the new speaker, Mike Johnson, is in a, in a predicament, of course, because there's a lot of blame to go around here. 
And uh, and he's also very conscious of the fact that this is what drove uh, McCarthy out of there. What do we really see here? What's it going to take for a uh, do we want a CR at this point or do we want a government shutdown? Maybe that's the question. Well, here's the thing. Government shutdowns. The government has shut down 14 times since the Reagan administration. OK, people don't realize that we government shutdown is not something new. And it's not something that necessarily is the end of the world uh, in the United States. It's uh, it can be actually a tool to uh, to bring people to the negotiating table in Washington and get them to uh, to put together, cobble together a deal. So um, I don't think it's the worst thing in the world. In fact, um, the, the, the stock market has done better during government closures and shutdowns <laughs> than it's done when when congress was in there with their with their dirty hands and because they, they can't get in any more trouble i would imagine yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, i mean I, uh, I mean there's an old adage on wall uh, street that says that's that says you know uh as long if the government can't do anything yeah, then everything's yeah. fine okay yeah. the real risk is when these guys are are, are acting rather yeah. than not acting all right so, so let me ask you this let me interject here with uh so somebody's going to have to blink uh, either the new speaker, and so far he seems to be holding uh, steadfast here and building up a little more credibility. Of course, that could change. Um, but either he's going to have to blink or the, the Biden uh, administration will have to blink as far as uh, coming to the table uh, because there's a lot of, that separates these two camps, right? Yeah. And, you know, the, the more they dither around uh the more impact it's going to have on on various markets especially the bond market so last week because of their dithering around we had a disastrous bond auction and that's what sort of uh, uh put the impetus on this now fitch went from triple the united states has always been a triple a credit i might add that uh and 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 you know recently fitch lowered the rating to double a plus which is one notch down uh, I don't. I can't remember any time when the U.S. was double A plus. I mean, we were a, kind of a debtor nation in some fiscal trouble back when Washington and those guys were uh, were were financing the Revolutionary War. But we got out of that pretty quickly. In your crystal ball right now, in your gut of guts, who blinks first? I think that the Democrats are going to have to blink. Right. I think the Democrats are going to have to blink. Otherwise, they're going to try and blame it on the Republicans like they always do. Sure. But uh, at the end of the day, they're the ones that are being, you know, they're all there's a uniparty down in Washington that's been fiscally irresponsible and spraying money all over the world and financing wars that we don't need to be in and so forth for, for a little while now. But uh, if we've got real fiscal responsibility at the helm of the uh, Republican Party, at least in the House, they're going to hold their feet to the fire. And I hope that they don't I hope that they don't blink. I hope that they get some kind of contract with America thing like Newt Gingrich had right, right. where he held their feet to the fire. You know, right, that's right, what we need. Right. Well, Speaker Johnson is going to have to battle between uh, the moderates and, as you referenced a moment ago, the uniparty within the Republican establishment uh, compared to the folks who see the problem here and the downgrading and the conservatives. Uh, and he's going to have to balance that and keep them somehow united, which is a very difficult task, as McCarthy found out, uh, to be able to hold fast to Biden or the whole thing is going to implode. Media is going to jump on. Pressure will get too hot. And then it flips over to the other side. Is that a, is that a quick, uh, accurate assessment? 
I think that's a pretty accurate assessment. Yes, Malcolm. Uh, I also uh, I also wonder what he's going to use as a negotiating tool to get them to uh, come to the table. Is he going to tell him tell them that he's going to go a little softer on the impeachment hearings, for example? You know, are, are they going to hold that back and say, well, you know, we'll go a little easier on the Biden crime family if you guys come to the table on the budget, on the spending? and so forth uh so you know i would hate to see that happen but um we don't know really what he's going to use as a as a as leverage yeah yeah well we've seen it fall apart before for sure um bruce tannis thank you uh very much it was a great analysis and explanation for people to uh get a sense of the danger and the problem here and you know what happens is everybody is distracted right now with the middle east Uh, These kinds of problems almost become secondary to the battle of war and protests that are happening. We're going to talk far more about that uh, further in the broadcast for sure. And up next, we'll have a a very interesting conversation with Senator Ron Johnson, getting into all of these uh, debates and discussions, um, what's happening in the world, friends. Let me also take a quick moment to remind you of all of the our sponsored partners back at AmericaOutloud.shop uh, is where we have all those great products for you to check out that we have our uh, news org has negotiated uh, to get the best discount price and always use the code out loud, by the way. And all those wonderful offers are explained right there. Uh, products uh, that will enhance your life. And especially if you're even going through long COVID or vaccine injury, that sort of thing, check out the spike support uh, from the wellness company. You get 25% off that product using the code out loud. Check out Healthy Cell, the uh, the uh, microgel products uh, that enhance your life. Uh, you get 25% off your first order there with Healthy Cell. Cofix, Clear, amazing products in the shop. Please check that out there. Now, we're going to take it further just ahead here. Senator Ron Johnson will be on just after the pause. You're listening to Viewpoint This Sunday. The America Out Loud talk radio app is on Android or Apple. It's the perfect way to listen in to the new generation of talk shows and hosts who are ready to inform and inspire. Millions of Americans are needlessly suffering from the long-haul effects of the toxic spike protein. Dr. Peter McCullough and his team at the Wellness Company designed their spike support formula to counteract harmful spike protein from COVID-19 and vaccines so you can feel your best. Go to OutLoudCare.com today and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. The Natural Colon Cleanse. It's the ultimate digestive tune-up with Oxy Powder. It's crafted to alleviate the discomfort of gas, bloating, and occasional constipation. There's a reason why Oxy Powder is our number one seller. It worked. Go to AmericaOutloud.shop and get 15% off using the code OUTLOUD. Global healing, giving you the power to take control of your health naturally. Welcome back to Viewpoint this Sunday. It is indeed Malcolm Out Loud here. And as always, my fellow Americans, it's a privilege to be with you. Thank you for joining us on the mission here on America Out Loud Talk Radio. Uh, now, as we predicted on this platform many times, world opinion would start to change rapidly. Uh, looking historically at the Middle East, uh, Israel uh, has never been able to finish the job when it comes to the terrorists. And we're seeing that happen right now. And as an example here, one of the uh, most uh, current and interesting comments come from the French uh, President uh, Emmanuel Macron. Uh, he says, and I quote, de facto, today, civilians are bombed de facto. 
These babies, these ladies, these old people are bombed and killed. So there's no reason for that and no legitimacy. So we urge Israel to stop. And of course, the Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu responded quickly to Macron's comments saying nations should condemn Hamas, not Israel. He said, and I quote, the crimes that Hamas is committing today in Gaza will be committed tomorrow in Paris, New York and everywhere in the world, was the statement put out by the Prime Minister. Uh, joining me now on the broadcast is Senator Ron Johnson. And uh, Senator Johnson served as chairman of the Homeland Security Governmental Affairs Committee uh, from 2015 to 2021 and is now ranking member of the Permanent Subcommittee on Investigations, where they are working hard up there. Uh, and Senator Johnson is in the Budget, Foreign Relations and Commerce, Science and Transportation Committees. Uh, Senator Johnson, uh, it's a privilege, really. It's our privilege to have you uh, here. Thank you for joining us on Viewpoint this Sunday, sir. Morning, well, Malcolm. Uh, thanks for having me. So let's start with these comments from Macron and the Netanyahu's response to that. Uh, so, and we see the pressure from the Biden administration calling for a pause, ceasefire, that sort of thing. Um, but yet, uh, Macron doesn't really finish the conversation as to how they got into this predicament in the first place. Uh, correct. Correct. I hope people realize that war is hell, and that. Israel didn't start this war. And I still have not brought myself to watch the videos that are available. I've heard such horrific descriptions of what Hamas did to innocent men, women, and children. Uh, again, I just I can't bring myself to watch the videos. They're, they're available. So any, anybody that wants to convince themselves that, that Israel has every right to defend itself, to destroy Hamas, probably ought to educate themselves in terms of exactly what Hamas did to Israel. That being said, I think Israel is smart enough to conduct this war as humanely as they possibly can, understanding that war is hell. And they certainly want to protect their civilians. They want to protect their soldiers. Uh, they certainly gave Gazans enough time to get out of the war zone. Uh, unfortunately, Hamas didn't allow a lot of Gazans to escape the war zone because Hamas uses civilians as human shields. That's the evil that Israel is fighting against. So, you know, America's role, our, our role needs to be to support Israel in their ability to defend itself and have enough confidence that Israel understands world public opinion. Israel is a humane nation. Uh, Israel does not seek to kill anybody other than Hamas terrorists, but Hamas doesn't really give them that, that option in a war that Hamas started. Well, at the crux of this battle, uh, and with all the uprising and protest uh, in our universities and in cities uh, worldwide, and surely right here in America, uh, it's been stunning, shocking to people to see the support of the terrorists uh, frankly, I mean, it's uh, it's been eye opening to think it will it really uh, confirms the brainwashing indoctrination that we've all been discussing here for some time. Here's the thing. When world leaders like Macron come out and others, Senator, they talk about, you know, they never talk about the fact that when the terrorists came over, the slaughter of those innocent people, 1400. I mean, this was nothing we've seen uh, since they held all those men on the waterside and cut their heads off. Uh, some ISIS did some time ago. We see the barbarian nature of this, these Satanist acts. And then, uh, but the, when a Macron guy comes out, he never brings that point up. 
He only talks about that. But then problem, Senator, that I don't understand is the reason these people are dying in Gaza is because they've built, back to what you said, human shields, they built their apparatus right there at the hospitals, right underneath, right? At, I mean, you're not going to be able to avoid that. War is ugly, but this isn't something Israel asked for. But why doesn't people like Macron ever admit the truth? Why do they lie up there? Well, the general support that we're seeing on dozens of college campuses uh, in, in, in Western capitals for Hamas is, is shocking, but it's not surprising. Yeah, you know, We've probably spoken about this in the past, but uh, the radical left took over certainly U.S. university systems in the 60s, maybe earlier in other Western countries. Uh, again, it's, we're talking about the radical left. I mean, what 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 has socialism, what is Marxism, what has communism ever built? Uh, they destroy things. They destroy economies. They destroy nations. Uh, they lead to totalitarian regimes that murder millions of their own citizens. About the only thing that the left has ever built properly is a propaganda uh, effort, and they're very effective at it. So they've been preaching division. They've been preaching hate in their quest for power and global domination. And they, they all band, band together in that quest for power. War in Gaza has revealed, uh, it's exposed what's been happening on our universities for decades. Hmm. It's a real problem for America because it's, it's not only affecting our young people's minds, it's, it's affected gener you know, so far now generations of, for example, teachers, too many of them now indoctrinate our children in K through 12. It certainly impacted our free press because now we don't have journalists by and large. We have advocates for the left. Yeah. Uh, they create a completely unlevel playing field. We're, we're not getting the truth. We're, we're certainly not getting the conservative perspective of things. The conservative perspective is, is ridiculed and denigrated when the conservative perspective is actually the truth. And the lies and the misinformation is coming from the left. So yeah. you know, we, we are we are in a real pickle here, uh, not only in the U.S., but globally. Yeah. Um, all, all we can hope for, Malcolm, is that more Americans' eyes are yeah. being yeah. open to the truth and we start pushing back. And Amen. And we got to start winning elections, which we haven't been doing very effectively. Right, right. We'll talk about that in a moment here. But yeah, the damage, uh, as you say, the psychology, uh, psychological damage from all of this for people who are just on the sidelines watching is pretty serious. You're exactly right. And um, that's that's the most troubling part about this is is exactly that. One last point before we move off of this and the attacks against American troops. Wow. I mean, there's been I think we're uh, if not at 50 over 50 or so. And we've got quite a few people that are uh, in, in, seriously injured and injured our troops themselves. Nobody has been killed yet, but I assume that's a matter of time the way they're headed. Uh, Iran blowing up buildings and stuff like that in deserts. I mean, that's just not, uh, they're amused by this, evidently. Uh, they're certainly not uh, pushing back. Uh, this is turning, and the other thing is Blinken keeps saying, Anthony Blinken and also the bottom officials, they keep saying, we don't want war, we don't want war, we don't want war, we don't want war with Iran. They keep saying that over and over again. I mean, it's redundant and it's ridiculous, both on its face is it time we do something back against Iran in this fight or or not? Well, unfortunately, the Biden administration, which is just a you know, follow on from the Obama administration, did, did not think that America was an exceptional country uh, that coddled Iran, funneled hundreds of billions of dollars into the largest state sponsor of terror, 
and the Biden administration has just continued those those uh, policies, uh, they've been wrong. Uh, they've been spectacularly long, wrong in, in trying to coddle Iran. And the result is they've strengthened Iran. They've emboldened them. Uh, Iran has used those billions of dollars to prop up Hamas and Hezbollah and the Houthis uh, and the, the Shiite militias inside Iraq that are now attacking American service members in Iraq and in Syria. And so the, the Biden administration doesn't want to admit they're wrong. So they're really not responding the way they should respond, because that would be kind of an admission that what their policies have resulted in is you know, literally threatening American service members as well. So they, they, they're doing a minimal response, kind of on the down low. They're not even telling the American public about all these attacks till uh, a few weeks after they occur. Um, again, we, we, we have an administration that has dramatically weakened this country. And when America is weak, the world is a far more dangerous place. So the world is in flames now because the Biden administration has dramatically weakened America across the board. I mean, you pick any of the policies of this administration, oh, yeah. the 40-year inflation, yeah. war on fossil fuels, the embarrassing and dangerous surrender in Afghanistan, the open border. I mean, all these policies, these things didn't just happen. They were, they were policies of this administration. Yeah, yeah. They're destroying this country and emboldening our enemies. Yeah, one quick follow-up. If, if U.S. troops are killed, does that cha- does that become a game-changer? Does uh, Congress get uh, louder at that point? Does something happen, or does that even matter? Well, yeah, I mean, that's going to impact what actions the commander-in-chief might take, hmm. but I wouldn't expect any stronger response than what we're getting right now, probably. Yeah, okay, all right. All right, uh, real quick, I want to touch on, uh, I, this was a little surprise, I think, for everybody the other day. Uh, uh, Biden and China, Xi Jinping, are meeting next week, and uh, <laughs> the, the, uh, NPR says their headline, don't expect it to be a game changer. Uh, and uh, they say they're, they're going to have in-depth discussions November 15th, San Francisco, uh, what what come? I mean, is this about climate? Is that what they're going to talk about, or the the weather kind of thing? Or I mean, there are a lot of people, and I haven't gone too far down this road. Who think China has their hand in some of these developments in the Middle East of what's transpiring? But you don't expect anything serious to come out of that uh, conversation, or do you? Well, probably nothing helpful to the U.S. and our interests. Uh, listen, uh, President Biden is is highly compromised because of. Biden Inc. and their corruption, their grifts, the, the tens of millions of dollars they receive from different countries, including China, uh, through the labyrinth of companies that Hunter Biden set up to, to money launder. Uh, that's becoming more and more obvious. Uh, Senator Grass and I certainly laid this out. It's pretty obvious to me back in 2020 in terms of what we reported. So, so President Biden is compromised. You know, there, there's a reason he canceled the China initiative. Uh, which was the Department of Justice uh, program to investigate and to try and stop Chinese theft of our intellectual property on university systems. So we, we've got a weakened president. We've got a compromised president in his relations with countries like China. You know, China's a bad actor right now on the world stage. But at the same time, China has a growing number of nuclear weapons. Their military, their navy is growing in dramatically in its power. And certainly we should be talking to them. I mean, I, I don't, I don't want to be completely isolated from that standpoint. We, we need to do everything we can to avert war uh, that could you know, escalate into nuclear confrontation with uh, another superpower. So 
Yeah. Uh, the, the world is changing. We need to recognize that. I'm, I'm not, you know, I, I don't like you know, being the, the drums of war. Uh, we should do everything we can to avoid war. And one of, one of the ways you do that is, well, the number one way is to be strong. You know, peace through strength. That actually works. We're obviously do, going the opposite direction here in America. But then you do need to have dialogue with your adversaries. Uh, these Biden investigations, you have been on the front of this and uh, Senator Grassley as well, as you stated, that, that is for sure. And we're seeing things heat up now as the election is coming into play here big time now after the 23, uh, uh, you know, lo local elections. Uh, it's now all eyes are on 2024. Now, we see the pressure happening. Uh, we see the subpoenas going out uh, from Congress uh, in regards to the Biden family. It looks like there's a full court press now to do something here. People talking impeachment, that sort of thing. I'm not even sure that is even going to matter at this point. He's got a year left, basically. By the time that's all done, he'd be out of there. It probably would do a lot of damage in the press as well. But frankly, a lot of people don't think Biden's going to be the final one standing. And as you know, Senator, the DNC always picks the candidate. The American people don't. We've seen that with Donna Brazil, Hillary Clinton, Bernie Sanders losing. I mean, we know the DNC picks the person there, just like any good dictatorship would be, frankly, speaking frank with you. Uh, so that would not be a surprise. I'm predicting at the last minute they pull Biden. Biden pardons the whole family, does this for the right thing for America, he says. He'll say he didn't do anything wrong. He didn't do anything wrong. They'll probably even pardon the dog for biting all the Secret Service agents. I suspect that's going to happen. He's going to bow out. Gavin Newsom, Newsom will come in. I don't think it's Michelle Obama, as people are saying, but I think he, he's the guy they're setting up for this, which is why he had the photo ops with G just recently. That's my prediction. How far off am I, or do you have something to add to that? I hope and pray you will. Well, I've been predicting for quite some time that I think it's a very low probability that Joe Biden will be their nominee. He, he's done such an awful job. They, they really can't defend his performance in office. And, you know, the Democrats, one thing they are unified in is their quest for power. <laughs> and if they see that, this, you know, a, a presidential candidate, even a current sitting president, reduces their chances dramatically of retaining power, they'll throw him over the, the side in, in no time and, and select somebody who's got a far greater chance of winning. Uh, it is important that the uh, the House continue what Senator Grassley and I did to expose the corruption of Biden, Inc. But I think it's also important that uh, everybody realizes that as, as, as troubling and as dangerous as the corruption of the Biden family is and how it compromises U.S. national security, what's even more dangerous is the corruption that's being revealed of the FBI in terms of the corrupt investigation into the Bidens. You know, we certainly know the corruption of the investigation to Trump. Um, and the corruption and complicity of the media. Uh, we, we wouldn't have corruption inside these federal agencies if we had a media that was keeping both sides equally accountable. But that's not what we have. So we, we've got, again, I'm, I know I'm not the most uplifting character. Uh, our, our nation is at a, at a hinge point, and we cannot continue to go down this path being laid out by a bunch of socialist Marxists. I'm frightening what you say there, but accurate just the same. And I think our listeners know exactly what you're talking about, have a sense of that right now. As far as the GOP and momentum coming into the 2024 election, we see what happened with the abortion issue in 2023. You see the GOP debates uh, happening, Senator, and 
And you also see the rise of Donald Trump in the polls is absolutely incredible uh, that the American people, a good majority of them at least, seem to see what's happening here. Uh, and even the swing states and others uh, seems to be interesting. In the meantime, he's using all of these court cases as campaign rallies, basically, as they try to really... Uh, I don't know what you want to call it, but they're surely trying to crucify him. Um, they surely didn't do it when he was in office, but going to try and do it now. They don't want him back in Pennsylvania Avenue, to be sure. Uh, give us a sense of what you think plays out here. We're, we're kind of now in the heat of it. And uh, we see the the Nikki Haley's, the Ron DeSantis's, the uh, Ramaswamy's and the whatever. Um, I don't think the rest of them really factor in. But uh, any thoughts to... Uh, what, what we're dealing with here with the election in 2024. Well, I don't think there's any doubt that Democrats want to run against Donald Trump. Uh, at the same time, there's no doubt Democrats want to use their, their partisan district attorneys to dramatically weaken him so that uh, they can defeat him in a presidential election. I mean, that's, that's really what's going on here. Uh, there's a great deal of sympathy on the part of Republicans and conservatives to the torment that President Trump has had to endure since he was a candidate in 2016. Yeah. You know, again, so that's that's what's being played out right now. Uh, I, I can't predict it. Again, I, I don't think uh, the Democrat nominee is going to be Biden. It sure looks like uh, Donald Trump will be the Republican nominee. Uh, all I can say is it's just crucial that we do not elect another Democrat president. Uh, yeah. we, we can't we can't continue to go down this path. The, the trillions of dollars in, in deficit spending and debt, uh, the open borders, the again the the feckless policy. We, we just can't continue down this path. Yeah, yeah. Well, as you said a moment ago, there's not a policy you can look at to see that it is uh, po- that it's uh, upside right. They're all backwards, and it's had a massive impact on our nation. And the way you suggest, I mean, we understand. We sort of hint this nation is. We're at a very pivotal moment. It's crucial. And we feel it, uh, Senator. We feel it. I mean, we're 247 years into this amazing experiment. We're coming up on the semi-quincentennial at 250 years, uh, right after the election. Uh, it's going to be either a landmark moment in this country. And uh, I pray to God we can get it together here in the next uh, year, uh, for sure, uh, that election. Or it's going to be a, a real downer uh, come uh, that semi-quincentennial Last uh, contact, last uh, story I'd like to real quickly get with you is this uh, government shutdown that is looming, which we addressed up front with our economist and the C or the CR. Uh, obviously, they CR everything. They've been doing it for 70 years. How very seldom do they ever get a budget together. Uh, Congress has not done a good job of this. We, un- we know the deficits. We see what's happening. Uh, you said, uh, oh, and you've also been talking a lot about the IRS lately. I've seen some messages you put out. Let's quit talking about spending more agents to harass Americans and instead talk about the real solutions for the tax system, simplification and rationalization. I love the way you sort of sim- simplify the message, which uh, wish everybody would do that. And uh, so, but uh, this government shutdown or CR, Speaker Johnson's now in place there, is doing some interesting things already. Conservatives love his approach. He's got his hands full right now. Somebody's going to have to blink, either the Biden administration or Congress. What happens, sir? Well, first of all, I, I certainly hope uh, House Republicans rally around, you know, whatever decision Speaker Johnson has to make. It's, it's, it's a tough call. He's got different uh, members within his uh, conference pulling him in different directions. In the end, He's got to make the decision. He's a good person. Uh, he's got a good heart. I think he's got good instincts. Uh, as a Republican senator, my my, uh, my job is to support the decision he makes. 
Uh, from our standpoint, we do not want to see uh, Biden supplemental uh, tied to the CR. That's the play that's uh, being undertaken right now with uh, Schumer and McConnell. So we need to prevent that. We also we also need to make sure that any funding for Ukraine is contingent on not not only changing our totally broken immigration laws that uh, have allowed six million people to flood in this country. But because we have a lawless administration, uh, a president that wants open borders, we need to tie that funding to benchmarks that they'll have to achieve in order to get all the funding. So uh, I've, I've got a, a bill that I'm, I'm writing, John Hoven, uh, this was, uh, he's one of the first people to, uh, to talk about this, but you, you literally tie uh, monthly funding or quarterly funding to the administration over a 12-month time period, pretty well securing the border. It's, it's impossible that, or it's, it's possible to do so. President Trump went from his peak to his trough over 12 months, uh, but but you have to have the will to do it. This president doesn't have the will. We have to force his hand. But uh, that that's from my standpoint crucial. And uh, in any type of uh, funding of Ukraine, we have to we have to first secure our border because this flood of illegal immigrants is a clear and present danger to America. 1.7 million known gotaways. We don't know who the people are. We just detected them coming to this country. You think there might be a bad person or two in there? Uh, we got to secure our border. Yeah. yeah. Senator Ron Johnson, um, take a moment here. And uh, first of all, let's thank all our veterans for their service. And uh, just uh, an amazing, the American spirit is alive and well. The soul of America is there. I know it is. I feel it in my heart and my soul, Senator. Um, help me and re recognize that a moment and uh, celebrate our heroes, please. You know, Well, those that have served and sacrificed, not only in the military, but in you know, law enforcement, uh, you know, fire departments, uh, you know, there are so many Americans who, who serve and sacrifice, and they truly are the finest among us. And one thing I keep pointing out, as serious as our debt and deficit is, uh, it's not the greatest threat to this nation. Right now, the greatest threat is our division. As, as Lincoln quoting scripture said, a house divided cannot stand. And I think the, the, the hopeful news here is we're not a nationally divided people. We, we share the same goals. We want safety. We want security. We want a, a, enough opportunity, prosperity, so that we can take care of our family, take care of ourselves in retirement. So you have to ask yourself, well, why are we so divided? Well, the, the answer is because you have political figures, political groups who are purposefully dividing us. We need to resist that. Uh, we need to honor the service and sacrifice of the more than a million of the finest among us who, who sacrifice their lives, pay the ultimate price. Uh, but it's entirely doable. When, when after 9-11, you see how America comes together because we, by and large, are a united nation when people aren't purposely trying to divide us. So, again, I, I'm so grateful to, to the men and women who serve and sacrifice to defend our freedom, that, that essential ingredient that has allowed us and our forebears to dream and aspire and build and create this marvel we call America's. So thank you on uh, on this Veterans Day weekend. Uh, God bless all of you. Uh, Senator Ron Johnson, thank you for being an honest broker of all these uh, stories. And as present as they are, uh, we're uh, privileged to have you uh, here with us always. Thank you, sir. Thanks for having me on. Have a great day. Okay, friends, uh, we're going to take a pause now and be back with Colonel Retired John Mills, Alana Friedman, uh, get more into some big news happening here uh, in the, the Middle East. Uh, stay right there. More Viewpoint in just a moment. We 
are the vision of the voices. You can email us at talk at americaoutloud.com. Trouble getting to sleep and staying asleep is infuriating. Your mind races, you toss and turn. Nutrition company Healthy Cell created REM sleep to help you quickly fall asleep, stay asleep, and sleep deep. Unlike other supplements that don't work, REM sleep is not a pill. It's a gel you swallow with ultra-absorption of science-backed ingredients, supporting all four stages of sleep. Go to HealthyCell.com and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. Risk-free. Love it or your money back. Guaranteed. HealthyCell.com. Out loud. Cofix RX nasal solution has completed the circle and is now offering throat spray with povidone iodine. That completes the protocol doctors like Peter McCullough recommend. If staying healthy is important, you'll want to make sure to add throat spray to your next order of Cofix RX. For a limited time and exclusive for America Out Loud listeners only, you can save 25% off your entire order. Let's double down against colds, flus, strep, RSV, HRV, COVID, and more. Click the banner or go to America Out Loud shop to get 25% off your entire order. Use coupon code OUTLOUD25. That's coupon code OUTLOUD25. I'm so confused. I don't know what to do. I'm afraid of going to the hospital. My doctor tells me nutrition doesn't work. Trust is earned. We are the Energetic Health Institute, and we want to earn your trust. Natural medicine, holistic nutrition, detoxification, fasting, cellular healing, and so much more. Remember, the best way to be free is to be healthy. So stop being a patient and start being a student at energetichealthinstitute.org. Welcome back to Viewpoint this Sunday. It is indeed Malcolm Out Loud here and. I want to talk a little bit more about in detail about the Middle East. Uh, you heard some of the comments up front uh, with Senator Ron Johnson a bit on the uh, uh, Macron coming out, calling for a ceasefire. Other world leaders are doing that. Uh, the Biden administration calling for a pause. Uh, now, and Israel is historically never able to finish the job. We've seen that happen time and time again here. We also see attacks on American troops. Uh, we see that as record pace right now. Uh, Iran is uh, getting restless. Uh, in fact, there are meetings right now in Saudi Arabia with Iran. I want to touch on that as well. Join us on the program here in just moments. Will be Colonel retired John Mills is here. First time I've had uh, Colonel Mills on with me. Excited to have him. Uh, he has served multiple combat tours. He, he's had an immense impact on a, a whole number of issues around the world. Uh, the Cold War, the War on Terror, a world in chaos, and the great power showdown with China. He's got a new book. He's got a great author, by the way, but he's got a new book, War Against the Deep State. It is indeed in the America Out Loud bookstore. In fact, as you listen to this on the Sunday broadcast, you'll actually even see it on the front page on the right sidebar. Uh, as well. Also in this segment will be Ilana Friedman is here. She's a veteran intelligence analyst and advisor in intelligence-led counterterrorism solutions. Now, she is the author of Hamas, the story of Islamic Jihad on Israel's front lines and Hamas Care and the Muslim Brotherhood, the plot to destroy America. Uh, great author. Again, those books are in the store as well and uh, available here uh, in any bookstore, actually. Let's start off with uh, Colonel John Mills. Thank you for joining us on Viewpoint this Sunday. I'd like to start, Colonel, and talk about, uh, let me go right to the juggler right now. There are attacks on American troops right now. We've had well over 50 attacks, uh, drone and rocket attacks. Uh, we have troops that are hurt, uh, that are wounded, uh, some more serious than others. 
the administration keeps saying, and Anthony Blinken and Biden and others keep saying, we don't want war with Iran. We don't want war with Iran. It's kind of said in stereo a lot. Iran knows this very clearly. It's not kind of a peace through strength doctrine. It's a different sort of doctrine we're playing with here. Should the administration take a harder uh, uh, stance against Iran at this point with the proxies firing off like they're firing? And isn't it a matter of time before we have U.S. troops that are killed in that region of the world, sir? Oh, yeah. Thanks, Malcolm. Two elements are always very important, and it's clarity and resolve. And the Biden team is challenged to be clear or have resolve. It's just, uh, just they continually uh, are unclear and show no resolve. That is deadly, especially when you're dealing with a thugocracy such as Iran. And what's going on right now, Hamas works for Iran, Iran works for China. That is what is going on. And all of this violence was put into play with the absolute debacle of our departure from uh, Afghanistan. And from that point onward, Iran, at the behest of China, uh, this was their contribution to the No Limits Agreement to topple America, was to train Hamas. And now they're also going after our base camps. I'm looking at, a, at the map right now at yeah. uh, Al-Tamf which is right inside of Syria. And then it's about 200 miles line, about 170 miles line of sight, direct line of sight from our big uh, uh, air base at Al-Assad. Um, and that's what they're attacking. But Colonel, do you see this escalating up or do you see this, uh, do you see this de-escalating at any point? Or is this going to continue upward in regards to Iran, please? Oh, absolutely. This is uh, the attacks on our base camps are, are Iran, and they're going to keep on going until they get punched in the nose. This is, will he will Biden is, punch him in the nose? Will it happen? No, 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 no. So what is the outcome then? What's what's the bottom line you think happens? Well, I mean, this is the Blinken and Jake Sullivan as the national security advisor, who is uh, just uh, an absolute mischievous, untrustworthy character that nope, <laughs> that there has very little respect uh, in the national security circles, even inside the Biden administration, because uh, he can't be trusted. Uh, he, he's, a, he's a weasel. Yeah. And uh, so that Iran senses all of this and they sense American Again, lack of clarity, lack of resolve, and they yeah. are going to push until we push back. I like that, uh, the clarity and resolve that you say. It should give every uh, American uh, a, a process to understand what the real problem is uh, in context with uh, with Biden and the way he treats these things. Uh, it, we did predict a lot of this. You're exactly right, Colonel, after Afghanistan, that there would be a price to pay for this. We've never seen anything like that in our lives ever in the history of uh, fighting. We've never seen anything quite like that departure in Afghanistan. It was historical, to be sure. Um, before I, uh, I, a lot of other things to talk about here, but let me just ask you this. Let me cut right to the point and ask you the ground game. I'd love your opinion on the ground game right now that Israel is playing in Gaza. Right now, they've surrounded the hospital there by tanks. Uh, that's a famous hospital. And uh, they, uh, of course, uh, Hamas, is, as always, they've built all their stuff around it and underneath it and so on and so forth. Uh, how is Israeli doing, in your opinion, in the ground game in Gaza? Are they succeeding? Yeah, but but, but you got to remember right now, the real war right now is the information war. Uh, although there's tactical 
house-to-house fighting going on as the Israelis slowly and methodically breach and enter uh, uh, building after building. Uh, This is information war. That's the real war that's going on. And it's for the hearts and minds and support. uh, And I think like Admiral, uh, I think it's Hagari is uh, the Israeli Admiral, who's their chief spokesperson, is doing magnificent. The Israelis uh, are using their commanding decisive advantage in cyber to be able to on scale notify occupants of buildings uh, and cell cell phone call them uh, because of their massive data collection and they can do automatic calls and let everybody know in two hours we are attacking and blowing up this building we need you to leave now now that's following the laws of land warfare which hamas is clearly not right uh that that is but again we're the block to block building to building that's bloody, that's violent, but that's not the war. The war is the information war and all the Palestinian and all the, I don't like to use that word Palestinian. It's, it's made up, it's mythology, but all the sudden uh, violence in America, that's part of the information. War. Yeah, that's perfect, man. What a, what a perfect analysis. Stay right there, Colonel. I want to come back to talk more about this ceasefire in Portia just a moment. Let's get over to Ilana Friedman now and talk about this here headline, Ilana. Uh, the Iran, uh, Iranian president uh, lands in Saudi Arabia for a Gaza summit. This is a summit that they planned uh, that uh, the uh, the crown prince, Mohammed bin Salman, and uh, uh, it's the first encounter where they're all getting together. But uh, it's called the Joint Arab-Islamic Ex- Extraordinary Summit. And it's in response to these uh, circumstances in Gaza. Uh, what do you t- tell us about this and what you think becomes of this and this these meetings that are going to be private meetings here? I'm sure they won't have media in the in the room when they talk about this. What do you think happens from there? Well, I think, uh, you know, there is a very strong push on the part of Iran to make sure that uh, it has the the ability and the capability to uh, com- complete what it started. The the drive is to destroy Israel, that's first, and then to destroy America. And Israel's, Israel's should be easier from their point of view because it's tiny, um, but it's very powerful. And I think they continue to underestimate the power of, of that Israel has militarily and also their their will to succeed and to survive. So this this um, this uh convocation that is happening is uh is going to be interesting i think the outcome is is pretty clear this is an anti-israel pro well let me ask you this now following up on that just a moment here so uh, the whole goal many would suggest with iran's proxies uh, attacking at this particular time was the was the uh, the peace accords that were coming to fruition uh that they did not want that uh, it's interesting how these people talk out of both sides of their mouth all the time and their actions show otherwise. Now, the same people that were going to broker peace, um, supposedly with Israel, if that is what it is, uh, now they're meeting with uh, Iran, the problem, uh, to suggest what? That, uh, you know, uh, they're trying to partner to change the trajectory of this. As the Colonel was just saying, it is an information war. But you, you know what I'm saying? It's weird how this plays out right now, Ilana. And uh, I, I don't see 
I mean, I, I don't see where, what, what's the outcome? Do we, uh, listen, at the end of the day, would you suggest or agree that all those Arab leaders are going to partner more with Iran than they are Israel? Is that a fact? Uh, it's hard to tell. As you say, they're talking out of both sides. Um, Saudi Arabia has already said that once the war is over, they will continue their discussions with Israel to create a relationship. And in the meantime, they're talking with Iran and uh, uh, it's, it's, it's very Middle Eastern. Um, okay. Okay. If you understand the Middle Eastern mentality, uh, this is something that uh, is has has been very clear to those of us who have spent time there. Uh, it, it's hard to say from a Western point of view what is going to happen from from their point of view because we we don't understand their thinking very well. Colonel Mills, uh, this uh, meeting here now with uh, Saudi Arabia and Iran. Uh, it is with the peace accords and where those were, many people felt that was the impetus is why Hamas attacked then for Iran to create this wedge. Anything come out of this that you see changes anything out of this uh, summit? What they were trying to do was in many ways also, you know, we were talking about the accords between Saudi Arabia and, and Iran, or, or excuse me, Saudi Arabia and uh, Israel. Israel is, I'm assuming, what we're talking about. Because earlier this year, uh, there, China announced an agreement to make peace between Iran and Saudi Arabia. Yeah. And I said, yeah, I don't think that's going to work out. Uh, I've worked with the Saudis uh, uh, uh officers very closely. I've been in the room many times with the Israeli officers, Saudi, UAE. They're number one concern. Yeah, they work very well together, actually. And the Egyptians, too. They actually work with the Israelis very well. It's Iran. It's all about Iran. So when China said this, I said, there's no way that's going to work out. I think, but but at the same time, M MBS, the leader of Saudi Arabia, was getting the absolute cold shoulder and uh, uh, just close to hatred, uh, very disliked by the Biden team. And so they said, okay, fine, we're going to put Saudi Arabia first, we're going to talk to China. But I think after a while, the Saudis started to see, okay, yeah, this isn't quite working out. So they were starting to lean back and uh, uh, get back warm with the Biden team. And the Biden team realized they made a bit major faux pas. But, but, but that's not fixed things. either. That, that, that faux pas is still there. You don't, you, there's no sense that there's a relationship between Biden and Saudi Arabia. I don't get that feeling every time you see them connect, you know. It, it doesn't look well, right. Well, I mean, Blinken has made Blinken and Jake Sullivan have made multiple emergency trips over the over the last few months to Saudi Arabia. As yeah. soon as Saudi Arabia started leaning toward China and Iran, and they realized, okay, this is bad. Yeah. Um, so, so MBS definitely woke them up and got their attention. Uh, again, this Khashoggi thing, uh, who was a member of the Muslim Brotherhood, uh, yeah, yeah. The, the Biden team is just obsessed with this. I'm sorry, I, I, I am no way supporting uh, torture or assassination, but Khashoggi was uh, right. a member of the Muslim Brotherhood and sworn to overthrow the right. Uh, the, uh, the that's a cancer in this Saudi whole Arabia. thing, is what you're saying. Yeah, it has been a cancer yeah. right along. All right, let me get to a bigger point, Colonel, uh, a minute about this uh, with Macron coming out and being very uh, uh, adamant with his comments on the world stage about a ceasefire, demanding a ceasefire, wanting other world leaders uh, to follow behind that. We've seen this happen before historically. World pressure is building. We see everything happen in protests. Israel, do they? is there any buckle or daylight there on finishing this job with Hamas? Do you see that happening or do they finish the job? Uh, knowing the Israelis, uh, they will 
methodically, if it takes 20 years, they will track down every member of Hamas and eliminate them. So this is going to happen. Macron, I mean, this is this is the information war game. Now you got the polit- politicians, Macron, Biden, they're waffling. And, you know, now the Biden team is going, oh, all these uh, uprisings in America. This is support. This is undermining uh, political support for, you know, the, the next year's election, et cetera, et cetera. So they're do- trying to do the Clinton triangulation to figure out, well, you but again, it goes back to clarity and resolve. You must always show clarity and resolve or you will never get anywhere with because people right. will not trust you and other nations will not trust you. Right. So if it comes to a head then and let's say uh, Israel does finish that job, as you say, there's a wedge now built between the world and Israel. Uh, we'll see if the peace accords, if that can come back, if Saudi Arabia is interested in talking uh, versus Iran. Uh, there could be if Iran keeps coming after us, there could be we may have to. Uh, fight that uh, situation with Iran as well. It's a it's a very hot it's a big hot spot right now, Colonel. Anything could happen now in the next in the days and weeks ahead. You agree? Yeah, well, and that's we need uh, a, a administration, a professional, uniform military that is non woke, that is uh, putting America first and American security first, and and our strategic partners, and is agile and can shift and adapt and and but the big thing is we have to hold the opponents centers of gravity well i agree with everything you say there but colonel that's not going to happen for the next year that's a pipe dream what you just said it's not going to happen for one more year at least you know that right i mean that's not going to happen you'd have to wait till after the election for that you're not going to get that from biden administration i mean that's a pipe dream uh yeah well okay i think I, I think this is the white hat debate are there white hats left inside the u.s government and uh and in the uniform military and the career civil service and i say yeah there, there are yeah. that's a struggle that's going on right now because the biden team is duplicitous and uh many minded and they and and yeah. craven yeah. and they will just pivot to whatever gets donations yeah. and votes and that's not clarity and result no no and no there no, are no. people yeah. There, there are people inside, let's say Kurt Campbell, who okay. might have a, a, a shred of clarity and resolve. <laughs> yeah, but they'd have to go against the whole agenda of the administration, which is uh, uh, would be a real long shot there. OK, that is uh, well, it gives you a sense, uh, my friends out there, of what's transpiring here in this and some of the challenges and problems. Tremendous thank you here to uh, Colonel John Mills, uh, Intel analyst, Alana Friedman. Uh, listen, we gave you a lot to think about today on the broadcast. Uh, um, you know, it's uh, it's a troubling time in the world. And as Senator Ron Johnson was saying, it's a, certainly a troubling time. And we're at a, a real pivotal moment in our nation with the problems uh, that uh, that are on our doorstep. Um, please pray for your nation tonight and, and support America first. Um, we can't lose when we come together, not as Republicans and Democrats, but as Americans who believe in that shining city on a hill. Thank you for joining me on the mission here. It's time to get involved and get loud, America.